0: Is everybody good you guys don't look like high schoolers anymore <laughs> okay well good to see you good morning Grace Bible Church good morning. good morning good glad to see you all you guys are all the ones that sleep in or you were in Sunday school okay come on clap for yourselves don't you see don't you put me in that category I know what you're thinking uh, well, I hope you were in Sunday school because this is a, a two-part message. Uh, we've already covered half of it, so we will review so that people don't get too left behind. But the good thing is the the focus and the intensity in which we brought out those points will just be not as intense. And some of you might say that's half your intensity is okay. No, uh, Well, it it's really been a joy this week. For those that don't know me, my name is Shannon Hurley. And, uh, and I lead an organization in Uganda, Uganda, Africa, called Sufficiency of Scripture Ministries. And uh, it is an absolute joy to be here, to be asked to uh, do this youth conference this last week. And uh, I, I hope we had a good time. Uh, behind me is my family. Go ahead and put that up. Behind me is my family. That's my beautiful wife right there. I did well, right? Right. Uh, and I'd love for you to take out your phones and just hit that QR code. I would love for you to get my updates from us directly at SOS. If you would take your phones out and just quickly hit that QR code, it'll take you to my website. Go to the bottom of the website. and Just put your email in. I'd love to give you updates so that you're knowing first from us firsthand all that's going on, all the updates that are happening. We would love to just encourage you in the Lord through that. But those are my eight children. Uh, they are all legal children. And then we have illegal children. We have, but I won't tell you about those because it's illegal. No, just kidding. We have uh, foster kids. We have eight other foster kids that live with us in our home. Five of these kids are out of our home now, and uh, so which is totally sad. I'm way too young for that. I don't know what happened. And uh, so... Uh, I have eight other foster kids in our house, and in addition to that, we have other kids that are in boarding school that come back and live in our home. This is what I'd love to ask of Grace Bible Church and the members of it. I ask that you really go back. In, In the back, when you leave, there'll be two books that we wrote. Danielle and I wrote a book to encourage. We just want to encourage people for kingdom living. My book is a discipleship book, and it's there designed to just... Help you have a tool to disciple your neighbors to know Christ. It's really easy. Open to page one, read it, and the questions will come. And you let the person answer the questions. The answer is after the question, so don't be so worried that the answer. The answer is there, and so. Uh, but we want that to be a tool <clears throat> to advance kingdom purposes and to get the church active in kingdom discipleship making. Amen. And the other book is. Written by my wife, and just to help people, just to be along with their devotion, help them meditate on God's word. But pick up a prayer card. If you don't pick up anything, pick up a prayer card, and we ask that you pray for us. And I ask that with all sincerity. Pray, 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 pray. Our desire is to see God have a movement in East Africa. God is at work in ways that are unbelievable, and we get to be on the front lines to assist to participate in what God is doing. And uh, God has done miracles to get us where we're at. Uh, Like was said, when we moved there, it was a bush, 100 acres. I actually partnered with a guy. uh, I'll give you two sentences. I was in the business world before, and I went to seminary. I was in the business world, and God had miracles happen even in that. Uh, I was able to produce Aflac ducks throughout the country. Anybody ever have an Aflac duck that you press? And it says aflac aflac aflac. Anybody have that duck? Uh, I produced millions of those ducks in this country. And you're like, how in the world did that? Well, because God was preparing a mission field, and uh, and for us to then later on go into East Africa and and uh, impact the community there. So from there, we moved into a smaller village. Unfortunately, I partnered with a guy that was corrupt <clears throat> for the first three years. Sorry. For the first three years, I was in this one area. So all the business stuff that we invested in, the guy said, thank you very much, and he put put it into a land with his name on it. And then from there, we were like, okay, Lord, we know that you are the God of Joseph, and we're in a pit right now. We want to be faithful today and crush you for tomorrow. And we just kept the seek seek to be faithful, and then the Lord opened up doors then, and we moved to a small little village where literally... Nobody knew Christ and followed Christ, and after 16 years of living in that village, you have a whole city that's been built there, uh, and we are able to reach our community for Christ today. We have 500 worshiping the Lord on a Sunday morning, and it's all a story of what God has done, and just the people were ready and hungry, ready to hear the truth and have responded to it. We have 750 kids in our t- primary school, and every year we're adding more kids and adding more kids. So there's opportunities to even uh, sponsor a kid through our website, and uh, and you know we have a medical center. We train. We we take in 70 patients a day through our medical center, and basically provide almost free medical care just to love on our community. We believe in love and truth intermixed to impact for gospel. Purposes and and that's what we've been able to do there in Uganda. The second mission we have is to strengthen churches throughout Uganda. In God's kindness and grace and love, He has allowed me the privilege to work with the Baptist Union of Uganda, and we have the the CEO of the Baptist Union of Uganda right here. And uh, God has given us a gift. Come on, clap one more time for him. I'd love for you to get to know him and and uh, and. He's just a dear, dear friend and and just a faithful man of God who exemplifies truth in this country and an invaluable gift to the Baptist Union. So we work with the Baptist Union through conferences and leadership trainings to strengthen the union. Uh, That led us to do a pastoral training center. So today today we have 100 men being trained. Uh, 60 are in a introductory course, and we then invite 30 of those 60 into a degree course. We started year one. The beginning of this month I taught Genesis and then I left for two weeks and then I left here to come here and the degree program started. we have pa- pa- pastors come with their wives because we want to teach the whole family to follow the king we want husbands loving their wives and loving their kids and and being able to say follow me as I follow Christ right and so, uh, so next year we're going to bring another 30 in. It's a three-year program, so we brought year one students. Next year's year two. Next year after year, that's three, year three. We support these families to live there. And uh, so we pay them every month to go to school. Come on, SOS, STC is the best. Come on. Uh, we say serious training for a serious calling. But what we want to see happen as we want to see these men, every year, 30 men go out from SOS fully equipped, fully trained, fully armed as the greatest, most robust Army SEALs pastors, ready to go out and help their communities follow the King that Christ might reign in East Africa. Amen? Amen. And so I would ask, if you're able to help, if you're able to do anything to help, give on a monthly basis, I would beg of you, please help us out. The mission is beyond us. I'm over there doing that, but I'm fundraising this, that, and the other, and we would ask for your help, ask for your assistance if the Lord would so put it on your heart, and our prayer is to that end. If you support SOS already, will you do me a favor? Come up and give me a big hug, uh, just because you might, that might scare you, but anyhow, just come up and greet me just so I know, and I can just say thank you directly, uh, so Thank you guys for having me here and what a joy it is to be here. How many are ready to go to Uganda and visit me out there? Come on. Good. All of the young. Come on. I like it. I like it. Sign him up. Good. I want you out there. I want to have a missions trip from here, there, that isn't just dental. Some of you guys, hi. Well, yeah, we sent a missions team and it's all Grant and his team. Come on. We want the rest of you to, to come out and see what God's doing on the other side of the ocean. So some of you ladies, just start pushing your husbands that way, you know, because you wanna see them catch fire for Christ, get them on the mission field, and let them see what God is doing on the other side of the world. I get this incredible privilege this morning to open God's word. We come here this morning because we recognize, as we talked about in this conference, that there is a king over this universe over this universe, and he's reigning on a throne. And I come here this morning as a herald, literally a preacher as a herald. A herald is someone who declares the message of the king. So I'm gonna come and I'm gonna take his authoritative word and we're gonna proclaim the message to servants of the king with a passion to go out and follow in obedience to the king, right? Right? Come on, right? Oh, thank you. You are alive. I want you to take your Bibles and open to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, starting with me in verse 19. I want to read the authoritative words of our King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth <clears throat> nor rust destroys, or, and where thieves do not break in and steal." <clears throat> Sorry. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. And if your eye is healthy, and your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, <clears throat> your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is In you is darkness. How great is the darkness? Look at verse 24. No one can serve what? Two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Let's pray and ask God to help us as we unpack this glorious text. Father, we come to you now and we declare to you that you are the King of kings and Lord of lords worthy of praise, honor, glory and we come as your servant saying, Lord, here is our life yielded to you by our confession of we've surrendered it all. We've died to ourselves. We've come to live for you and now we ask that you would instruct us. Instruct us for our good. Instruct us for your glory. Father, will you be our teacher today and help us live in such a way where everything is motivated for your purposes. Please do a work of grace in and through us, we pray. Amen. In the last hour, we were together, we, looked, we began to look at this text, and we began to say, okay, Lord, what is it you want for us? And he told us that there, he showed us that there are two commands and three illustrations in this text. We looked at the two, we looked at the two commands in one illustration, but every one of these illustrations are telling us the purpose for Why? These commands are given. So we need to understand what these commands are. And and I just want to say this to you. Dear friends, this text can change the way you do everything you do in your life. God wants everything you do to be done for him. He wants you to do all with a heart that loves him and is committed to him. And these commands drive us to such kingdom living. The first command that we had seen together is in verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves what? Everybody, do not lay up for yourselves. Please see the word of God. Do not lay up for yourselves what? Treasures Treasures on earth. I don't know why I'm thankful he's getting some water for me. I think it's because I've yelled too much the last 48 hours Thanks, brother. Come on, Steve. Steve is the man. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Don't store up treasures in heaven. Now, what we saw was we saw that what do we mean treasures in heaven? Where is this coming from? When we look at the context, the store of treasures in heaven, on earth, is actually to live with the purposes of man seeing. In the previous section, he gives us three, he tells us in 6 listen, as my disciples, I don't want you, look at 6 1, to practice your righteousness before others. I don't want that. <clears throat> don't live in that way. I don't want you to be like the hypocrites, the religious leaders. And, and this is so helpful. For us as an evangelical church. So helpful in a church that is so given to to service and to love others. Because we can easily do that service like unbelievers. We can easily do that service for the eyes of what? Each other. I can come up here and I can preach. But I can do it so that all of you can say, wait, what a great guy he is. And that's not what you're to live for. I could preach for the purposes of of this or that, and and wrongly motivated. And really, when he says he's saying, don't do things for man. That's why he says when you when you he gives three examples. When you give, don't give so others can see but rather given secrets so that God can see. Then he says, when you pray, don't pray so others can see, but pray so that God can see. When you fast, the third illustration, when you fast, don't do it so others can see, but for God who can see. Because when you do it for others, your reward is full. When you do it for God, God will reward you in the future. So when you come here to the first command, he says, don't store up treasures on earth. What is he saying? Don't live for man. Don't live for the things of this earth. Don't live for the eyes of people. Don't let that be what drives you. No. There's no reward in that. Instead, he says, instead the, 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 the positive command in verse 20, "But lay up for yourselves what? Look at the text. Don't cheat. But lay up for yourselves what? Treasures where? What is he meaning? Well, he already made that very clear. What does he mean by that? Let everything you do be done for the eyes of God and God. Alone. Let that be what drives you. You guys, it's not, to live for the kingdom is not everyone going and being missionaries and pastors. I told the church earlier that I don't want you in Uganda. Ultimately, I want, I want you to come visit. <laughs> but I want, it's living for the kingdom is actually this. And it's, it's so powerful and, and I want you to get it because it'll change everything about your day. It's taking what you do in your day and changing the motivation. It's no longer service to people. It's service to a God. It's service to a king. It's with the heart motivation that whatever I do, I do it for him. So when you're a parent at home and you're doing diapers, you're saying, this is unto God. And now there's heavenly what? Reward. It's when you're you're serving your husband and picking up his socks. See, this is serving him and submitting him as unto the Lord. It's you as husbands and, and men going to work and using your vehicle. If you're a teacher, it's teaching those kids because you're teaching. You're loving Christ through loving them. You're giving Sales stuff, you're you're having integrity in your sales because you're selling as unto Christ. That's why if you're selling a product that you're not really proud of, one that you can't sell with all of your integrity, then you should probably sell something else because if you wouldn't buy it, then why are you selling it to someone else? But it's taking your career, taking your skills, taking all of that and using it And serving God with it by serving people. Everything we do is a service to humanity. And when it's motivated by God, it changes everything. And he's telling his disciples, don't live for this world. Don't live for the eyes of people. No, live for heaven and live for God and live for his kingdom by doing everything you do as unto him. Everything can be done. When you're that husband and your wife asks you to go to the grocery store, you say, oh, honey, I hate buying groceries. I hate buying I sit there and I walk around that grocery thing. Where are those beans? And then you get home and you find out what? They're the wrong beans. It's some other guys are with me. I don't know why that is. But listen, when you have to go back, You tell yourself on the way to the grocery store, this is for the Lord. And there's heavenly reward going, not just once, but going twice. (laughs) Do you understand how revolutionary that can be? Do you realize how that can change everything you do? If you are cooking a meal at a restaurant, you cook it with as much love and care under the Lord because he is your boss, he is the motivation, he is the drive behind why you do what you do. That's what God is, that's what Christ, your Messiah, your King is asking of you. And he asks that of you for a very important critical purpose. And the three illustrations are given for the purpose of driving home the purpose. For the purpose of driving home the purpose. I like that. But uh, for the whole aim of driving home that purpose, the first illustration that is provided is that of a treasure. Look with me in verse 21. In verse 21, he says this, For where your treasure is, there what? Let me say that again, and I want you to reply a little louder so I know that you're getting it because this is critical to Christ. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. You see... If money is my treasure, the second I grab that money, it will grab my heart. The second I grab that money, it will grab my heart. What I want you to do, just take a second here. We're from Africa, so just forget we're here in Kansas, all right? I want you to think of that treasure that thing that you really live for. And, and listen, many of us, we're living for work. We're living for the promotion. We're living for things outside of God. And see, when you grab it, just envision yourself grabbing it. And when you grab it, come on, grab it with me. Come on, ready? Here we go. Come on. That is awesome. Ready, ready? Grab it. When you grab it, it grabs your heart. When you grab it, it what? Never forget it. So, the reason Jesus is saying, Listen, make me your treasure is so that I will be the treasure of your heart. You see, the the whole reason he's saying, don't live here, but live here, is so that I can be your all in all, so I can be your greatest love, so I can have your greatest affections. That's the drive. That's the desire. That's the heartbeat. And this truth is, is so clear and evident in the practical realities of our lives. I love sports, I love the Dodgers. Because everyone who's godly is a Dodger fan. I got one. Come on, brother. I knew you were godly from the front. But listen, when you start watching, like, there are some crazy trades this afternoon. Right? I mean, come on. That was awesome. And you know what happens? I start watching. I read this. And then the next day, I'm telling everybody, hey, man, Shote Otani. Oh, we got it. You know. Nobody cares. You don't even care right now. But see, the reason that I tell you it is because when I grab it, it grabs my heart. What Jesus is saying here must be loudly and clearly hear, heard. If you want Christ to be your treasure, you must grab him and everything you must be do must be motivated at him. You must make the motivations of everything you do heavenward. I adore my wife. I absolutely, anybody knows me, I am like in love with her. She is like everything. She's hot. She's mine. Let me just think about her for a second. <laughs> but you know what? I can really adore my wife, but then I can go meet some other woman and spend some time with her. And if I start giving my thoughts to her, you know what's going to grab my heart? Her. We are so quickly to give over our idols, the things that we really adore. And so if we aren't careful, whatever we invest ourselves in will grab our hearts. And that's why for many of you men, you've separated your business from kingdom. But I would suggest you just change the motivation behind your business. That everything you do would be unto God. That Christ might have first place in your life. As a Christian community, Christ, by the authority of his word, is commanding that we live for heaven, live for him as our greatest aspiration, and we do that when we live for eternal purposes. It's a story given by Martin Luther, Martin Lloyd-Jones, rather, that depicts really the heart of people. The story is given of a farmer who joyfully runs into his kitchen announces to his wife that the good news that his finest cow has just given birth to twins. He's like, yes! One of the cows was brown, the other one was white. And he said to his wife that I I just feel so inclined to give one of these cows to the Lord, and then I'll keep one of them. He says, I'm gonna let them both grow up till they're big and when they're mature and and size, I'll sell them off. And I'll keep the proceeds from the one and and, and give the proceeds from the other to the Lord. His wife asked him, so so which cow is the Lord's, the white one or the brown one? He said, ah, it it doesn't really matter right now. We'll just raise them together. Several... Months later, the farmer came into the kitchen, and he was sad. That's why I said, well, what's wrong? He said, I have bad news. The Lord's cow died. (laughs) So often, that's the way we look at life. There's our life, and then the rest belongs to the Lord. That God really will will get the leftovers. He'll get the surplus. Rather than it all belonging to God as it does, rather than him getting the first fruits, getting the most, being the center of our affections, and even the drive behind why we do what we do. Why was Israel to give their first fruits? Why? Because they were to recognize that it all belongs to the Lord. God is richly supplied, and we're giving back out of love and gratitude to him. 2 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 14, it says of Rehoboam that he did evil because he did not set his heart to seek the Lord. I think that so often this is our challenge, men and women. We don't set our heart to seek the Lord. We don't set our heart to Seek the Lord, and if there's any aim that we have this morning, it's that we would reset our hearts to do everything motivated for eternal purposes so that our hearts might belong to God. Have you set your heart to belong to God? Have you set the Lord as the treasure of everything you do? Because listen, what you grab The treasure you grab will grab your what? Your heart. There's a second illustration that's given here. The second illustration is the eye. And the motivation behind this illustration is is self-evident. Look with me in verse 22. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of Light, but if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of, and if if then the light is in you, is darkness, how great is the darkness? What is he saying? Listen, what you set your eye on, it will fill your whole body. if whatever is the motivation of you, it will fill your entire person. It's kind of like this sponge. What you meditate on and what you set your mind on will what? Will fill you. And then we wonder why we're in trouble because rather than filling our hearts and mind with God and His Word, motivated by doing everything for His purposes, we're filling our mind with schmutz, we're filling our mind with pornography. We're filling our mind with things that are not helpful to us. And God's saying, listen, I want to be your all in all. Why? Because if I am your all in all, you'll have light coming out of you. But if you fill your mind, if you saturate your mind on things that are bad, your body will be full of what? Darkness. Listen, nobody sees. You're right. Nobody sees what you look at. But listen, it will come out. It will come out. Don't think your wife won't see it. You can't hide it. Whatever you put your mind on it's going to come out. And Jesus says, listen, put it on me. Put it on me. Put it on me so I come out. So I fill you. Guys, we play Russian roulette, don't we? We play Russian roulette. thinking thing that somehow the effects of what we see won't affect me. no. No, dear friends, what you look at will affect you. It will actually fill your inward being. This was one of the first lessons I learned in my Christian life. When I was in junior high, I looked at a bad magazine for one month. You know what happened? I got suspended at school for being a pervert. Kind of funny. Small old Christian school is embarrassing. But I learned very quickly that what I looked at fills my mind. When it fills my mind, it fills my heart, and it affects the way I behave. I don't think many Christian men want to have affairs, but listen, you start looking at things that are wrong, it will affect you because darkness will fill you and it will destroy you. And God's saying, don't go there. I want to be what fills you. I want to be the treasure of your heart. I want to be what your eye meditates on. Men, I don't know why we are so stimulated by what we see. But let's, every man is. And we must make sure that it's God that is continuously behind us. We are at war for our minds And we must continue to fight to make sure God is the motivation behind everything we do. Which brings me to the third illustration. And the illustration I want to drive home because I think that this is exactly where Jesus goes. Look with me at the third illustration. He says, verse 24... No one can serve what? Two masters. The third illustration is a master. He says, for you will hate the one and love the, or you will be devoted to one and despise the. You cannot serve God and money. My dear friends, the next example is a master. He gives a very practical example. You cannot serve two masters. You see, he's giving you the motivation why you must live for heaven, you must seek heavenly things. Why? Because listen, you cannot, hear me again, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot serve what? And you say, why do you keep repeating it or you have a stuttering problem? No. It's because it's a lie that we want to believe in. You see, many of us we want to honor Christ, we want to love Christ, we want Christ to be our all-in-all, all, but we actually believe the lie that somehow, some way, we could serve two masters. I mean, I, I can love Christ. Yes, I want to love Christ, but also love what? The world. Oh, I can love Christ, but those friends of mine, I mean, they're not so bad. Oh, Christ, yes, but, you know, look, I have to earn money. Some of you start dating a boy that you shouldn't or a girl that you shouldn't. Yeah, I love Christ, but. Dear friends, are you hearing the words of Christ? You cannot serve to. You can't. You can't. You can't serve two masters. This is stating a fact. It's in the indicative mood, and he's saying, listen, it is impossible to serve both. And listen, these are things that that we must get into our hearts, get into our minds, and my prayer is this morning that you would get it in it as like it's in my mind, because every time I'm looking at sports and there's something I shouldn't look at, I need to remember that what I look at is going to fill me. That if I look at something bad, darkness will come in. I need to remember that because I'm going to choose. Do I look at it? Do I click it or do I not? You're going to choose. For a lot of girls, it it, it might be just lots of things and things. Whatever is going to grab your heart, that will be your master. You can't serve both. So you're, 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 you're having to make a choice. And according to this text, he tells us, you have one of two choices. You're either going to love and devote, be devoted to something, and you have to hate and despise this. You can't serve both. You can't say, well, I'm going to love this and love this. I'm going to be devoted to this and devoted to this. Everybody together. Doesn't work that way. And this, listen, I believe is the challenge that so many of us are having today right now in our Christian lives is we wanna love both. We wanna love both because, listen, it, it's nice. I mean, it makes me feel good, but I, I, I know that Christ is my all in all, but wow, this feels good. Oh, but, I, you know, but Christ is my all in all. And listen, you're in that quandary and you can't serve both. There is no way... To have Christ in your heart and love the gods of this world. Isn't that Israel's problem? Wasn't that the challenge that Israel had as Joshua tells Israel in Joshua 24 verses 14 and 15 that they're to put away the gods of this world and they're to choose today in whom they will serve? We want to serve the gods of this world. I mean, we really like those movies because they enable us to react <clears throat> what is in the lusts and passions of our hearts without actually committing adultery. But God wants our heart. So you have a choice how are you going to respond what are you going to live for the world or god and i am sure that every person in this room says i want to live for god because living for the world will lead you to so many problems it is crazy Do not give yourself over to the world. It will spit you out, broken, hurt, and bankrupt of any life. Oh, God's way is the best. God's way is the best. God's way is the best. Remind yourself of it all the time. But listen, to be successful in our Christian lives, there's a response we must give. First, there's a mentality we must have and then there's a response we must give the mentality must we must know the truth we must know is you cannot serve what yes. you can't do it you can't do it you want Christ or sin what do you want and listen we've all been there me inclusive where you're like ah but it's a little compromise and you hate it but you need to remember that you can't serve these two so what do you have to respond to is two one of two responses you must respond first positively and then you must respond negatively positively what do you mean he says that you need to love this is a strong attachment a strong interest in one master you must cling you must cherish you must hold to take pleasure in in god he becomes your all in all. He becomes the passion. You fight to find joy in him. Secondly, you must be devoted to him. This is speaking of a strong attachment that I am devoted to him. I have a choice. What music do I listen to? What do I go on for my radio or, or my, my websites? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna go and, and saturate myself with him. I'm gonna be in the word every day because that's what we do. To love God, to be devoted to God is to zealously cling to him, hold after him, be devoted to him. It's to fight to love him alone, just like we fight to love our wife alone. It starts with choosing which master you'll serve. It involves surrendering your affections to wholeheartedly make him your all in all. And keep pushing at it, keep pushing at it. Saturating your mind, fixing your eyes to serve Him exclusively. It involves how you spend each day. It involves how you spend your free time. It involves what you put around your environment. It involves what you're devoted to regarding friends. Whether you like preaching every time the doors open, I want it, I need it, I need it, I need it, because I want Christ to consume my mind. But it also involves not only clinging, and I think many of us will cling and we're we're here, but there's another problem. It involves negatively, listen to me, and hear these words, hating, despising the other master. And this is where the hard work begins. I love these words, hate. Hate. It's that total indifference towards something to despise, is to look down on something. Rather than looking at that movie where nakedness is happening, I despise it because I know it's not for my good. Rather than being attracted to it, I get to the point where I absolutely hate it. I want nothing to do because I don't want anything to hinder me from my love for Christ. And, and, and you see, this can be something that's not overtly bad, but it can be something that trips you up. Where you know that if I just I I get so sucked into the sports that I've gotta cut it out, I've gotta begin to hate it because it's taking my affections away from God. Strong words of disdain. Anything that draws our affections away from God. Much like a man fears any affections toward another woman, and if you don't fear that, you are living suicidally. In the same way, it's not that you don't notice these things. You notice them, but you learn to what? To hate them because you know they are going to take you away from what's best. They're going to take you away from the eternal. There is not a man who spends time in the area of pornography and bad movies that benefits from it. And I I just want to say this to you because I have some friends that struggle and and I I, I want to be a platform where they can just talk and tell me about their struggles, and I hope that all of us can be that. But we're gonna we're gonna say, guys, look, let's now come up with options to get out of this, because some of these are addictions where you've learned, especially your phone, you've learned to run anytime you're bored, you run to your phone and you medicate yourself with your phone. Have you noticed that? Did I get liked or did I not get liked? And it's it's like a drug. And it's consuming your thoughts, consuming your affections. And and the only way out of it is to get someone to block it for you so that you can revert your affections, revert your devotions. And that the contrast is radical. It's a radical contrast between loyalty and love and hate and devotion. It is you saying, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord and I'm devoted here. And ha, 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 get away from me. And listen, this isn't something we do once. It's something that we're ongoingly fighting that Christ would be our all in all. And, and that's why the command is here to keep on living for the eternal Keep on storing treasures in heaven. Get things around you that are gonna say that where your treasure is, there your heart is so you're being bombarded with the truth of God's word and saying to you alone I belong and it's a fight all the way to the day we enter the celestial city. But God knows that as we devote ourselves to him, as our heart fully belongs to him, he says come in. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Listen, the heart behind our Savior's exhortation here is total allegiance, total exclusive loyalty. I want you to understand, dear friends, that God is a jealous God, and he wants our affections to be exclusively his. Read the Ten Commandments. I don't want any images. I don't want any other likenesses. It's me alone that I want you to love. Dear friends, you don't have to fail in your Christian life. You can be successful, but it's going to change the motivation of why you do what you do. And you must know that God wants you to live for him and for heaven, because what you grab will grab your heart. And what you look at and what you meditate on will fill your your person. Just know it. And you cannot serve two masters. God wants none of that. That's why the Bible says, listen, I would rather you be hot or cold, but lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. Sadly, we're closer often to lukewarm. Are we not? And it's because we actually believe that being too radical like the saints of old is archaic. And we too often are are following people around us, even the Christians around us. But God would call us to have all of our affections, all of our love, all of our passions to be heavenward. That he might fill the center of our heart ongoingly. Amen. Will you love Christ? Will you be devoted to Christ? Will you hate? Don't look at it as a friend. Don't look at it with affections. Look at it with disdain. And so when you're tempted, remember it's one of two masters. Which one are you going to serve? Which one are you going to devote yourself to? And listen, when you fail, tell a friend and get right back on God's road to joy. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the sweetness of your word. And and Lord, this is a message for every one of us and then I want to cry out for myself. I want to cry out for my friends. Lord, help us to love you with all of our heart, soul, and mind. Father, we also want to say thank you. Thank you that you know that we can't love you with all of our heart, soul, and mind. Thank you for the fact that it's impossible and you know it, and therefore you sent your son to come and be the savior of the world. Your standard is clear. We must be perfect as our heavenly father is perfect. But you also know that we, none of us meet that standard. And as a result, you sent your son that those who would repent of their sins and put their faith in you, those who would surrender their lives to your majesty, that you would cover them with grace And that your son's work on the cross would be imputed to them and that they would stand righteous not on their own merits but righteous as a result of the work of Jesus Christ. And for that we say glory to God in the highest that our master came off his throne, came to a cross and took our place. We preserved the cross we deserved the punishment, the wrath, but you took it on our behalf that we you might set us free to walk in obedience to you, that we are free, that every single person here, I pray that you would help them understand that they are dead to sin, they're alive to you, and now help them to walk in that newness of life. Help them to stop presenting the members of their bodies over to sin, Help them surrender their bodies, the motivations of their heart, to live for your majesty. And we ask this first and foremost for your glory. And we ask this for our good. Help us to love you for our good. To you, the King eternal immortal the only true god be glory honor and praise both now and forevermore amen